This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result... You'll always be winning with muck delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Leicester Till I Die TV. Watch and subscribe on YouTube and listen on your podcast platform. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Watching Leicester Till I Die TV with Chris and Chums. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. All you need for everything Leicester City FC. It's Leicester Till I Die TV. Hi, everybody. Jerry Taggart here. Now, be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on, you foxes! Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. Hello, fellow Fox fans. Guess who it is? Yep, we're back again. It's what night is it? Tuesday night. It's the preview show. We've got a game tomorrow night up at the Happy Place, Turf Moor. Uh, it's a six o'clock kickoff, uh, Leicester versus Burnley. And it's on Sky Sports if you have that platform. And it's on also on Radio 5 Live. 
and lcfc.com radio and if it's your choice bbc radio leicester we ain't another game we're out of europe and we've still got midweek games i tell you what these games are coming more often than casanova and the brothel it is literally another game another game funny thing is brighton haven't got a game until they play us at the weekend interesting how are we feeling we need to get back on that bike and start cycling again don't we well i'll tell you what we'll do We'll have a chat with our chat chum, Craig. He's the intelligent one of the two, so he tells me. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, uh, Chris. The intelligent one couldn't make it, so uh, so I'm standing in for him. <laughs> hey, don't knock it down. I'm building your part up here, you know, as long as you, as long as you don't demand more money, of course. Uh, no, I've, I've dropped that case now, Chris. We'll just go with it. <laughs> I, I hadn't noticed until... I was I was doing all the stuff today for the show. Brighton aren't playing this week. No, they've uh, they've given them a week off. I think uh, I think Burnley, Sean Dyche had asked for our game to be put back to later in the season yeah. when when there are gaps apparently, um, because it's Burnley though. So it's Burnley and it's Leicester. So they they don't listen to us. Um, someone somewhere <laughs> has uh, got. I don't know who Brighton would have been playing. But I'm, I'm assuming no. it's one of the traditional big picks because they have yes. more clout than the little clubs. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying a word. I'm just going to leave that there. I'm starting <laughs> to sound. Did, did, I sound did I sound a little bitter? Then? <laughs> just, just a tad, just a tad. But I think you may. I'm, I'm, I'm more, I'm more bitter than me. I'm more bitter than uh, than tonight's barley water. That's uh, I, I, I should easily the way the season's going, I should be on the whiskey, I think. But it's a little bit early, so we'll stick with the barley water for, for now. I tell you, it looks like a pina colada from where I'm sat. I'll tell you. <laughs> but uh, you can see that. Yeah. Leave my pina just, colada. Out there. <laughs> I'm just getting a little bit angry, frustrated. I don't know what the word is because. You know, we are, and they can't help it. I suppose there are, you know, it's not, it's no different for us, although it is different for us, the other teams, because like I say, Brighton aren't playing, but we've got so many injuries, and yet the games are still coming thick and fast. And we, we've got a, at the end of the month, we've got an international break. Now, I don't know that that's for a qualifier, whether that's for a friendly. For me, dump the internationals this year and concentrate on the leagues. Yeah, I think we've got some friendlies coming up. I know there are some some qualifiers, but I think the next lot of friendlies, I know somebody will uh, will uh, correct us. I mean, I, I've got a feeling about this. Um, I think that we, we know that Gareth Southgate doesn't like picking Leicester City players. It doesn't matter what good form they're in. And I think he's been attending so many of our games that he's developed some kind of laser vision that he's taking our players out just so he doesn't have to pick them. It's much easier for him if Madison and Barnes are out. He doesn't have yeah. to just take the flack for picking them, but uh, it just seems crazy at the minute. You, you, I mean, I, I know what you're saying. Um, for me, I, I kind of thought, because I mean, at one point he had Maguire, he had Chilwell in there, both Leicester you know, players, but that kind of stopped. And like you say... But he has been watching a lot of our games. Uh, JB here. Good evening, JB. Any relation to JJ? 
you are his, uh, his younger cousin. Um, <laughs> and it's the World Cup qualifiers. So, World Cup. We're, we're never going to win the bloody World Cup. Just forget it. <laughs> That's what I say. <laughs> but we need a performance. And I said that before the Arsenal game. I said we need, you know, after Slavia Prague, we need a performance. We got a performance. It just happened to be a shit one. But no disrespect to Burnley. You know, we've, we need a performance tomorrow night now, don't we? And it's going to be hard with, with, with who's out. I think I think we're getting to that part of the season, Chris, where, to be honest, we need a result more than a performance. And I think mm. that's where we're going to be on the running. While we've got all these players out, I think we're just going to have to get to that point where we grind results out, whether it's a 1-0, you know. I think... I think we may be entering this period where all the prettiness goes to a certain extent. I know we, we play a certain way, but I think it is a more about just digging in, um, managing to get uh, a few results and just keep the momentum going until we get to the international break and then maybe we'll get a few players back. Um, because, you know, again, we've, we've done the right thing in terms of we've, we've managed to get this little bit of a buffer that buffer wasn't enough for us last season. I mean, the only sort of bright thing that you can think of is that, that looking at some of the timelines, we may get the majority of these players back for that final push, that final run-in, when we know we're going to be playing teams who are going to be in and around us um, at the time. So, you know, obviously everything will depend on these, these next three games. You would have been looking at nine points. You know, I think it's... Yeah. Uh, only Brighton and Sheffield United the next three league games. Um, so yeah, you, you've got to be looking at those uh, three and saying now if we can if we can take seven points from them, I'd be quite happy to be honest, because that keeps us in and around uh, the top four, and, and we just need to stay around there if we can until we get some of these players back. The problem is though, we're looking at three teams, and then we've got Man United in the cup, but we're looking at three teams there that are scrapping for survival. And I know Burnley are, are struggling with injuries. I, I did the Opposition View show for Turfcast podcast uh, last night after mm -hmm. he did ours. And, you know, his injuries, and we'll come on to our injuries in a second, are piling up. And I think that's affecting a lot of clubs. You know, had you asked me four, six weeks ago, I'd have said Burnley, Brighton, Sheffield United. Yep, that's nine points. And somebody said in the show the other day, mm -hmm. Um, you know, three easy games coming up. Now I'm thinking, I mean, are we going to get three points out of it? I think, I think the good thing about these is, and, and we, we all know that when teams are on uh, pretty poor runs, they have to change at some point. They're probably they're going to be the the lowest scoring three teams in the division. I would hazard mm. a guess at. Even I know Fulham haven't scored that many. West Brom have scored quite a few, but they've let in a ton. Um, but I would imagine that those three teams must be amongst the lowest scoring in the division. And this is where it comes down to that sort of grinding games out. If we can keep a clean sheet, you would fancy us notching a goal in each of those games. And when you're up against Brighton, who are Brighton are a good team in terms of the chances they created. I know they put some stats up the other week that. I think in the last eight games or something, 
they'd uh, created 124 goal attempts, 66 on target and scored one. You know, they're not prolific, you know. Um, so, again, Burnley, you know... I think with Brighton as well, we've got to make sure we don't give them a penalty because they missed two the other night. They, you know they're going to get one against us. if They'll score it if they get one. Well, I think I think the same happened earlier in the season, didn't it? I think Fulham had missed mm. sort of three or four on the bounce and yeah. then they got one against us and they managed to score. Um, but I, I think these are these are three games to dig in, scrap out. I'd be I'd take one nils all day long in all three of those and... Uh, and not really be bothered about the performance as, as long as we can stick around there. Yep. Just to remind people, forgot to say this at the top of the programme, get us on YouTube at Leicester Till I Die TV, Facebook, Leicester Till I Die, the group, and Twitter and Periscope at Leicester TID if you want to watch us live. And get your comments in as well. Let us know what you think of our current form. Are we going to hold on to the top four or are we going to let it slip away? like we did last season. I want to ask you a question, Craig, uh, before we get on to sort of the game itself. Because, you know, when we when we pulled this up here, we've got Man United uh, coming up in the mm -hmm. FA Cup. Not not the easiest of draws. Uh, we're at home, though, aren't we, with that one? We're, we are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably, we're soon to be away. Um, it, as a fan... We want to win every game. Of course we do. You know, with the Europa League, I, you know, yes, I wanted to win it. I didn't necessarily believe we'd go on and win the whole thing. But when we, when we exited the Europa League, I actually thought, is it such a bad thing? Because all the other teams around us are still in Europe and we've got that, you know, one set of games less. If we go out to Man United in the cup, I know it's the quarterfinals, and we, we, we're sort of in touching distance. But would it be the worst thing going? It's um, it, it's sort of indicative of how far we've come as a club. I think that we we can ask those questions <laughs> um, because normally it would be you would be saying, should we not concentrate on the cup so we can concentrate on staying up? Um, yeah, nowadays <laughs> it's. Uh, Let's not concentrate on the cup so we can stay in the top four. I think, I think we've touched on this before. I think if we if we dropped out of the top four, I think it would be really hard to take two years in a row. The only thing I can liken it to is um, back in the uh, the Brian Little days when we got to the playoff finals. Um, mm. So we lost the first to Blackburn. You know that really hurt. We got back there a second time and did it again and lost it with uh, with Swindon, uh, both dodgy penalties. Um, Indeed. And then we did manage to come through the third time. The thing with that is that we managed to keep the players that we'd had. Would we keep mm. this team together if we drop out of the European places again? I'm not sure. It's almost like it's going to put you back a couple of years that you're going to have to do a bit of a rebuilding because we know we've got two or three players who are going to come in for a lot of attention in the close season, they're going to be wanting to play in the Champions League, you know, because they believe they're of the ability to do so. So it makes it harder for us to keep them. So in normal circumstances, I, I, I would be, yeah, we need to make the best go of the, of the, uh, of the FA Cup. But this year with the way things have gone, I think I could cope with us putting out a, 
with, with the best of the world calling it a weakened team, but giving some of the, the fringe players a run out against Manchester United and concentrating oh. on these uh, on, on the on the league position. A, a weakened team is our main team at the moment. That's the problem, isn't it? And if if we finish fifth, if we finish fifth and is that a bad season if we get the Europa League again? I don't think it's a bad season. Um, I think I think the, the, it becomes more important that we start cheering on Man United to win the Europa League, just so those Champions League spots go down <laughs> to fifth. Um, because the way it's shaping up, you know, in terms of consistency, you know, you, you can see us getting caught by Chelsea. You can see us getting caught by Liverpool because they're only going to get stronger as the, as the season goes on. Now they've had their bad time, so fifth is looking like our spot. So. It's going to be really, really tight. Finishing fifth is only a disappointment based on where we've been all season. At the start of the season, I think we would have all taken fifth again if we're realistic about what we can do, you know, because it still means we've finished above Arsenal, still finished above Spurs, who were yeah. supposedly the top six. And it is a progression, you know, whether we've got more points, whether we score more goals or whatever. The position may not be a progression, but I think we've seen this season that when our best team is out on the pitch, we can more than hold our own with most of those teams that are in the division. So there has been progression, but it would be a disappointment rather yeah. than um, a disappointment based on where we've been. But there are underlying factors that, that none of us can and uh, could have taken into consideration. You know, last season was a dip in form. This is injuries that's going to hurt us if we fail. JB, and I brought this up, I'll just bring it up again. Uh, Burnley and Brighton are crucial. Uh, after that, Perez, Madders will be back. We can start building the squad up. Well, I mean, there's rumours that Fafana might be back. But let's have a look at, um, I know he's back in training. Let's have a look at the injuries that, that we've got here at the moment. I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's like a cue for the COVID jab, isn't it? You know, Perez is ruled out. Trapped is ruled out. Fafana's got a 25% chance of playing. Vardy, with his hip-hop or his garage, whichever you prefer, is 75% chance of playing, but he probably will do. Justin ruled out, Madison ruled out, Barnes ruled out. Evans is only 50% the other day, and of course, Morgan ruled out. For me, the worrying thing is that Vardy's not scoring when he's playing at the moment. We were relying on Barnes and Madison for the goals. And they're both out now. Yeah, that's the biggest worry, isn't it? You know, other teams have uh, have had injuries um, that we know about because they 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 keep telling us. But yeah. I think the, the big difference with us is the fact that, that we've lost goals. You know, mm. and um, I think when Liverpool Liverpool, yeah, they've conceded more, but they've not lost the goals out of the team. They've not lost Salah. Firmino, yeah. um, Mane, Yotta, but okay, so he he was a new signing anyway. They haven't lost their goals. Mm. I think you know we've lost goals. We've lost two out of our top three goal scorers, and the third one who mm. is playing isn't scoring. So that's mm. the worrying thing, and that's why I'm thinking that we, we've got to try and grind these results out. And the players must hurt from last year, you know. What you need to see is the players that are remaining stepping up now. We need to see more from from Jamie. You know, it's not just the fact that he's not scoring goals. To me, it's a lot of his body language. 
and the fact that he's not making the runs. And he may not be making all the runs because he's carrying this injury and he doesn't want to overdo it, which understandable. But I don't think there's any point resting, resting Jamie. I know a couple of people suggested that because he doesn't do that much in the game, to be honest. He plays a full game every three, even though he's on the pitch for the whole time. So I think, you know, I think they've got to step up. It's up to those senior players now to drag the rest of them along. But with Jamie, of course, and, you know, I know I've said this to you before. I always remember Graham Taylor when he was England manager taking off Gary Lineker and replacing him with Alan Smith in what was Lineker's last game. With Lineker, you all, you know, he only needed one chance and he could get you a goal. And it's the same with Jamie Vardy. He can do nothing for 85 minutes and then have a five-minute burst and, and, and get you the goal. But, um, yeah, it is, it is worrying. I mean, I'm just looking at, at Burnley's injury. I mean, you know, they've got Eric Peters, uh, Johan Berg, Goodmanson, Robbie Brady, Ashley Barnes are all out. And if you know what I'm like, you'd say, well done, Chris, at getting Johan's name correct. But uh, Chris, Chris Wood is back. And he likes a goal against us, doesn't he, our, our ex-player? He does indeed. I think what you'd say, those four players that you mentioned there, I'm not sure any of those started the season for, for Burnley or are what you would say are mainstayers of that team. Um, Peters maybe, Peters maybe have started the season, but Ashley Barnes wasn't playing. Um, Goodmanson's been in and out of the team. So I think with the play, the way that Burnley play, they are more formulaic. So they have got players who could come into a system. You know, they're not really relying on flair or an individual piece of magic. They have a system that they play to and they play very well. Um, with us, I think we've lost the creativity in the goals, which is a little bit more worrying. And that's why it is a sense of rolling your sleeves up. And from that perspective, it's probably the worst team we could possibly play. Two out of these three, Sheffield United and, uh, and Burnley, of rolling your sleeves up and having a scrap. Because if it comes to that, you know, I, I, I won't be putting your money on mine, let alone my money. I know, I know. And this is exactly what I said to Joe from the, the Burnley uh, Turfcast podcast. You know, if it comes down to, to sort of, you know, a bit of a fight, there's, there's only going to be one team in it, unfortunately, you know. But when when you... I mean, to me, Chris Wood was, was, was like... I've got to be honest with you, one that got away. I wouldn't mind him still in the squad. Um now to be honest with you because i think you know he could he could come on and do a do a job for us and get and get the odd goal as he did when he was with us but looking at the table there i mean yeah okay you know we're, we're sat in third man united failed to take advantage at the weekend and, and only got a draw so they're still within catchable distance but are you surprised to see burnley down there i am to be totally honest with you because they're only five points off fulham who are on a, a bit of a run themselves at the moment um, to be honest, not necessarily. I, I, for me, I think it was always a case of some some one season it was going to catch up with them because they've never been prolific. They've always done really well in grinding out results. They've always had really strong defences. I don't think their defences looked as strong uh, this season. I know they've had players in and out. Tokovsky was, uh, you know, we've been after him apparently for two seasons now and he was being talked mm -hmm. as a 30, 40 million pound uh, signing is not looked that for me. Ben Mee has been strong and consistent. 
Um, so they haven't been as solid at the back. Uh, and and if you're not scoring many goals, then that is a recipe for uh, for trouble. So it doesn't really surprise me. You see mm. most of the other teams buying better players. You know, they buy a little bit of flair. You, you can see most of the teams progressing year on year, uh, year on year. Burnley don't. They have that, that way of playing. So they buy players to fit into that system. It's very difficult for Sean Dyche to change the way they play. So it is going to be limited of the quality of play that they can uh, they can bring in. So I think it's only a matter of time before it catches up with them. Maybe this year it will be it. I mean, they may have enough of a buffer. Uh, Newcastle have got some injuries. I know Callum Wilson's out. They've now lost Almiron and Sam Maximum for another six weeks between them. So... I think uh, I think that may help Burnley that Newcastle in such dire straits as well. And I mean, I don't think we're going to get another four goals like we did last time. I mean, in, in, you know, we played them, which was in fairness, it was our second game, but it was their first game because they were due to play Man United first. But I think it was something to do with Europe and the length of time they had off. So th- this was their first game. You know, we got a we got an own goal, Barnes. Um, Justin there and Pratt again, not not necessarily two of the three that you would expect to score. Chris Wood kicked it off and, and one nil up. But in that game, they didn't actually have either of Tokoski or me, who were their sort of main back two. But mm. they have got those back now, so it's going to be. Yeah. I think uh, uh, we're going to be lucky to, to to get a goal. I think. You could be right, and the and the, the most worrying thing is, I think both of those goals uh, were from free kicks or from balls played into the box. I think Chris Wood um, mm. nudged James Justin out of the way and bang one in, and I think the other one was from a free kick as well. Um, we know that that's their um, their main source of attack, you know, uh, from corner set pieces. Luckily, we're really really strong at defend. Oh no, we're not, are we? Um, so. <laughs> You know that that's going to be the danger. What we've got to be doing yeah. is is having a little bit of um, game management and not giving silly free kicks away, not giving needless corners away, and giving them the opportunities to put balls in our box. Because even with our best team out, we're not, you know, we're not good in the air for whatever yeah. reason. But you and know, that's like, that's like a I danger. Chris, Chris Wood is unfortunately. Yeah. Exactly, he always seems to get on the end of something. So, you know, it's it's going to be a really tough game, and uh, you know, I'd, I'd happily walk away with a one-nil win right now. Would you take a point now? I think I'd take a point if we were going to win the next two. I think we, we've got to look at these. I know <laughs> oh, if, if we. <laughs> I think that's the way, isn't it? Because. Um, um, Unfortunately, you, you end up reacting to one game. You know, we could lose this game. Yeah. Everybody's going to pile on and say the season's over, blah, blah, blah. And then we win the next two. I think you've got to look yeah. at these three before the FA Cup and the international breaks and say, right, you've got a target. You've got to try and get seven points from them. So, yeah, I, I no, I wouldn't take a point now. I don't think we're in the position where we can say we can take a point. If it turns out it's a point and we win the other two, then it's a good point. It's where, and I, I saw a headline on um, LCFC.com earlier about Rogers saying he's going to have to start getting clever now with his, you know, tactics, etc. 
this is where he's going to earn his money, isn't it? And it won't look brilliant on him having the way that it, it all went wrong last season. If it does all go wrong last season, okay, this is where he's going to earn his money. Yeah, but uh, him coming out and saying that worries me because when we had the, the really good run, we had the same team, we had the same formation. When he starts chopping and changing and moving people around, switching positions, switching formations, the players can't form any kind of little pockets of teams, you know, a fullback with a winger, a midfielder with a striker because everybody's changing all the time. And we know that Brendan likes to try and be clever. But I can't honestly say when that's worked. You know, we may have had one or two. The, the, the Man City game, for instance, it worked, but it didn't look like it was going to work. But, but that one did. But when he tries to tinker, for me, most of the time it doesn't work. You know, he tried to be clever in the uh, Europa League game. Uh, it didn't work, you know. Mm. And, and now he's showing limitations, shall we say, He's never got past the round of 32 no. as a manager no. in that competition. So there's something somewhere that he, you know, he tries to be too clever. We've said this before, he, you know, he tends to worry more about the opposition and tinker yeah. with his team to stop position rather than concentrating on our uh, positives. And we're in a position now where the team is going to pretty much pick itself apart from one or two little tweaks, which I hope he doesn't make. And he's got to be erring on the side of the positivity now. We can't err on the caution because if you err on the side of caution, you live, you give a goal away, you can't see us scoring two. So yeah. for me, he's got to, get, you know, he's, he's got to be positive and, and it worries me when he starts talking about trying to be creative. Yeah. Good evening to Stephen. Yeah, the slow build-up play. I mean, I hate the slow build-up play. 86 minutes against Slavia Prague, 2-0 down, and we've got you've got Casper and the two right and left backs playing passy ball at the back, you know, you know, fuck it up the other end of the pitch and see, see what happens, you know. Andy, good evening, Andy. Thanks for joining us. If it goes wrong again, questions will have to be answered. We're, JB saying keep the same formation. I mean... If it goes wrong again, he's, I know we well, I asked you this question earlier. Would would fifth be a a bad season? We are in a way. What, what's what's the phrase I'm looking for? Uh, we 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 are struggling because of our own success. There, there is a yeah, saying, we're and I, and I we're victims of our own success. That's it. Thank you very much. I knew I have yeah. you on for a reason, Craig. And you are, you are, as I always say, the learned, clever one, the wise old sage. If I remember, that's what you should have up instead of Craig. Um, and you know, if at the start of the season we'd have been given fifth again, like you say, we'd we'd have we'd have probably taken it. But we've got to accept that you know we have got you know look at that list of players that we had out. You know, Brendan, he to get us where we are with the season we've had. And, you know, we're saying it's doom and gloom. Let's take the Europa League out of the question because that's a cup competition. And cup competitions, I know they're two legs, but they're still technically one-offs. Do you have a look at our form? You know, we've lost to Arsenal. 
okay again it might have been the manner but before that we hadn't lost well it shows four there i don't think we'd lost in 15. it's not yeah. the end of the world at the moment is it no and i think you know we, we've got to be given credit and we've got to give brendan and his team and the players the credit for putting us in the position that we are now based on the injuries we had at the start of the season you know everybody was saying how fantastically well we'd done to cope with the injuries we've had so you can't just suddenly forget that that we've that we've done that we've actually got ourselves ahead of where most Leicester fans would think that we would have been at this stage of the season yeah. we're ahead of schedule as it were and now we've been hit by some injuries and you you've got to take that into account you know as much as we would all love it to be all plain sailing it's football and more than football it's Leicester City we don't do things the easy way you know something will always come in derailers um yes so we do have to try and temper that disappointment we're all disappointed i i watched the game and you know the arsenal game and the slavia pro and you do get frustrated you get really annoyed and we're all better managers than brendan we're all better players than most of the people on the pitch but we, well, we are, are third in, in fairness we are with perez let's be honest ah <laughs> uh, you've you've switched from here nacho i see um <laughs> yeah we um but we are yeah we are third we are third nobody would have said we were going to be third at this stage of the season so you know we've got to take it with a pinch of salt and just suck it up and get on with it yeah and i i i've been making that point for well since we played them you know for the first 75 minutes we we weren't in it and um but it was the same with the Arsenal game earlier on in the season, not this one, the one we won 1-0 at their place. We weren't in it. They had a goal disallowed. We sneaked one at the end. That is all about, you know, maybe getting the, the tactics right, soaking it up for 75 minutes and then hitting them. The thing we're up against, though, is Sean Dyche, and he's a wily old manager. They love him in Burnley, and he's done a great job there. But like you say, he, he doesn't give a two hoots about the opposition he says this is my best formation this is the formation i know i'm sticking with this whatever square pegs in square holes and i know their biggest bugbear because they've just been taken over back in uh, back in january by the, you know the american uh, investment company a bit like a bit like a liverpool i think but um they haven't made any signings i mean you know the, the guy said probably the last big signing they made was actually chris wood from us um but he is again as i think we said before probably the last manager you want to come up to at this point mm, it is i mean we we i know we we think so we we do suffer from a bit of a delusions of grandeur that we have this divine right and we should be yeah. you know a top six club or whatever it takes time to build unless you're going to throw lots of money at it and you know Burnley, you know, Burnley are in a worse off position than us. They can have all the money in the world, but I don't see the top players in the world clamouring for the bright lights of Burnley. They want big wages. They want to come to clubs to have got a chance of winning something. That's how it is. We're not in that position yet, so we're trying to build a different model in terms of buying young, hungry players. That doesn't happen overnight either, and we all have to temper that and understand that, that, it is a, a work in progress 
And yeah, I still have my doubts about Brendan, to be honest. You know, that he's a bit too much of an overthinker and and he tinkers too much and he likes the, the, the thought of playing football rather than the actual what goes on on the pitch. And he talks a great game, but I don't see the changes on the pitch. So, yeah, for me, there's uh, there's little doubts there. But we just try have to try and think that we are moving in the right direction and it's a far cry from the let's get to 40 points days. I think you make a very good point there. And I think if you look at two things, I would say here, um, Everton, they can attract Ancelotti. If truth be known, we never could because we're after him every time and he never wanted to come to us. Why? Because what you've just said. Man City, and I know they were down in the third tier longer than we were, but they were never a huge club before the, these owners came in. You know, they were, you know, back in the day, they, they weren't winning things. They were, you know, they weren't, they were living on the coattails of, of, of United to a degree. And it's only now with these owners, like you say, that they've started, it's taken them years like you say, to get that to that position. And it's almost like, and I don't regret winning the Premier League. Of course I don't. I'd be absolutely stupid if I said that. But it's almost like it came too soon, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I was reading today um, uh, very sad news, obviously, about Ian St. John, who you will remember, Chris. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. R.I.P., mate. R.I.P. Yeah. And... Um, you know, for the younger players who won't remember him, I, I didn't really see him play a lot, but I was aware of, of him of, of that time. Um, and I remember bumping into him on a on a golf course. I can't remember whether I should have been on his hole or he, he, he should have been on mine. Somebody's ball went where it shouldn't have been anyway, but he was playing there and I said hello to him and it was a, a really nice chat. But the point is, I'll get back to it, um, is that at the time... When you, when you in, 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 dropping here, just get back to your point. <laughs> Yeah. Um, when when Ian St John joined Liverpool, he had a great season. First season, apparently, he scored twenty two goals. He scored twenty two goals to get them promoted. They were a Division Two side, Liverpool, not yeah. this giant club that they are yeah. now. It takes time. It takes years and years of success of being in and around. You've got to be in and around these Champions League spots now. Remember what it used to be like. You had the um, Cup Winners' Cup. You had the UEFA Cup or Fairs' Cup, I think it was at the time. Mm. You know, if you finished in the second, third, fourth, you only got in the Champions League, the European Cup, if you actually won it. So but you've mm. got to be in and around that. You've got to be a part of that conversation for three, four, five, six years to be looked at. Let's also remember Spurs are part of this six. Okay, Spurs are part of this so-called big six. They've won nothing. But they're talked about being part of the big six because they're in and around it year after year after year after year of consistency. So that's where we have to be. We can't just say, right, we either win it or we get in the Champions League or it's a total waste of a season. It's not. It's about building the club over a number of seasons. And we just have to be a little bit patient, whether we like it or not. Yeah. And let me say one word to you here. Uh, Potticino, question, and I'll give you a quiz question. Where is he now? 
Who, sorry, I didn't hear. Who was this? Potuccino, sorry. Potuccino. Yeah, he's at PSG, he's at, isn't he? He's at PSG, one of, the, let's be honest with you, the biggest clubs in Europe. What is it? What is what has he won? He won nothing at Southampton. He's won nothing no. at Tottenham. Yes, he got them to a Champions League final, but coming second doesn't mean diddly squat. And yet he got one of the biggest jobs in Europe. And we all know, we all know that you know a manager can get sacked and they'll get a job. You know, I mean, how 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 often has Mourinho been sacked? But he seems to, you know, clubs are clamouring for him. So, yeah. you know, what Brendan is achieving with Leicester, and like you say, it's expectations. You know, I don't think he's doing necessarily a bad job because you have to compare what he is doing now with what other managers were doing. Let me ask you this question: Martin O'Neill, God, we love him. What he did for us, you know, we won't be where we are now if we hadn't had the O'Neill years. Would yeah. you take what O'Neill was doing, which was getting us to ninth and tenth every season? Yes, we won the league cup a couple of times. Or would you take what Rogers, let's say, he's going to do is get us fifth and possibly, let's say, top five again this year? Which of the two would you prefer? I mean. I think you've got to take the now. I mean, I remember, yeah. you know, it's not an easy question because, but that no, comes no, with the history. No, it wasn't designed to be an easy question, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> Get me that, back. That comes, with, that, comes, that comes with the history of being a Leicester City fan, of knowing mm. the lows, but knowing how many highs you can get, getting back to where you think you should be. Um, yeah. You know, we went down to League One and then had a fantastic time in League One because we were winning every every season. Yeah. I mean, you can go back to Brian Little. Fantastic years, but years of having success snatched away from you at the last minute. But it was about a process of, of the club getting better and better each year. As you say, I remember walking down to um, the King Power when uh, Martin O'Neill was here. And we'd finished, as I say, I think three seasons in the trot, on the trot, in the top 10. And I remember saying to Scott, who was a few years younger back then, enjoy these years. You'll look back on these as the glory years. Because yes. from a Leicester perspective, they were. You're a top 10 Premier League team, three seasons yes. on the on the trot. Now we've got the, we won it out of the blue. You know, we let's not forget we only just stayed up. So, you know, you, you can't just take that isolation of one year and now because we had a miraculous year, we should be there all, all the time. We only just stayed up. So exactly. we have to temper that. And it's I know it's difficult to, to do it. When you've had a taste of it, it's like coming off crack, apparently. I, I wouldn't know. Obviously, you'd have a better yeah, yeah, idea yeah, yeah, about yeah. that. If you, um, if you say but, so, if you say so, wink. <laughs> yeah. But it is, you know, it's that you've had a taste of it and now you can't get it anymore and you know and it's just there and it's tantalizingly close but we are in the top four you know yeah. we're there and with the best will in the world we'll stay in the top six and that's still yeah. for our club with our players that's a success following on from that last comment there's only one thing i can play really 
had to be. <laughs> had to be, didn't it? And it's yeah. all coming out. You look, you look like the commodity old, you know, uncle there, the sweet, you know. But oh, yeah. After this, you're off for a quick sort of, you know, shoot up the arm <laughs> when we finished, are you? I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring this comment in. Of course, you're not. I, I jest, everybody. I jest. Uncle Craig wouldn't do that. <laughs> Rob, good evening, Hello. Rob. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Um, you posted this before. Just waiting to, to bring this in. See reports. We're making plans if Brendan goes. Where is this all coming from? I haven't seen anything about that at all. Have you, Craig? Yeah, it came out of, uh, I think it's a newspaper called O Jogo or something like that. It's a Portuguese newspaper. And um, there were reports that we are keeping tabs on the sporting Lisbon manager who's doing a fantastic job. They're, they're a massive club in Portugal, but they haven't won the, the league for many, many years. And it looks like they're on the verge or, of, of winning the league for the first time. And it's a young Portuguese manager, 35 years old, I think he is. And there's reports that us, I can't remember, there's another team, um, are keeping tabs on him just in case Brendan decides to uh, up sticks and go somewhere else. That we're much like we do with players, you know, we're scouting mm -hmm. players. It makes sense to be scouting a manager. You know, we, we see this all the time. Oh, you sack a manager and you've got no idea who you're going to get in next. So for me, it's that. That's what I would see that as, that we're looking ahead. And we know that two ways, it'll go two ways with, with Brendan, won't it? He won't achieve the success that we all want. He'll either walk or we'll get rid. Or two, he does achieve the success and someone else comes in and nicks him. Either way, we've got to be prepared for that. So it does make sense yeah. to be having a look around at who the up-and-coming managers are, who could take on the project that we've got without tinkering with it too much and maybe build on it so yeah there may be some some truth in it but uh, I, I wouldn't be overly worried did did we not do that with brendan i mean we know we, we i've never known a club but i've never known leicester replace a manager so quickly as when we sat club well he was gone on you know the monday or whatever day it was i'll just say monday and, and rogers was virtually in on the tuesday so they were probably doing the same with Rogers. For me, I've got to be honest with you. What do you know? What do we we've, we've you know touched on this? What do we count as success for Brendan Rogers at Leicester? And you know, if he doesn't win the league, I can't. We're not going to sack him. If he's getting us top, you know, top five, top six, you know, you you've got clubs like Newcastle, Everton that aren't doing what we're doing. That you could say are, are possibly bigger clubs than us. You know, we're going to finish above Arsenal this season, Tottenham, hopefully, even possibly Liverpool and Chelsea. If that happens, that is still success for Leicester. Yeah. As I say, you know, whether you make the top four or not, the fact that we are in the the, the conversation uh, is is success. And, and you just yeah. have to try and look for improvements each season. It, it's football. Unless you're going to come and throw ridiculous amounts of money at it and you're going to get top players and play them top wages anyway what Leicester City fans would be doing would be then accusing those players of being mercenaries anyway and just coming and playing for the money so you know you've got to build you know football clubs are built they're not just created overnight by throwing money at it so we have to see 
are we moving in the right direction? And as long as we're moving in the right direction, whether we're bound to have blips on the way, then it, it's a success for me. Yes, it's tinged with disappointment, but it's still a success. I, when we had to do, uh, we did predictions. Um, that's a very fair point uh, mm. that, that Rob makes there. When we we had to do predictions, you know, with various groups that I'm in or whatever, I thought we'd be finishing ninth or tenth this season. Mm. Uh, and that was honestly based on the team that we'd got, the fact that we did have some ageing players, Vardy, we, we, we need to rebuild. My expectations weren't that we would be in a, in a Champions League conversation. So for me, based on what I thought we were going to do, this has been a fantastic season. Yeah, I still yeah. get a little bit disappointed, but, you know... It, it's it's been a good season, and uh, in fairness, I've got to be honest with you. I do enjoy when we do the post-match show, not doing it straight away, and having that forty minutes, forty-five minutes, when you know if we, we if we have lost, it's you, know, you, you. I've come down from out the tree, and I've actually thought, like, you know, we've lost one game in however many it is, and you know it, it takes yeah. over. But I mean, Leicester, we've been there in the past. You know, you were talking about mercenaries. I mean, I can remember when you know I used to call us, um, whether it was Craig Levine or possibly in Holloway Martin Allen, that sort of era. I used to call us the Derby and Jones Football Club because we got every single player that was out of contract with the top. You know, in the, in, in the, what was probably I think in the first division, we were getting them way past the best. Yeah. It, it, it was, you know, you could get the wheelchairs at the side to wheel them on. Keown, Wise, all those sort of Ferdinand, great, but like you say, they were all sort of like stop gaps and weren't going to be absolutely brilliant for us over a period of time because they didn't have a period of time left in them. No, I mean, you, you look back at that period under Martin O'Neill, and it's although we're, we're we're working on a different level now. It was very much similar to what we're doing now. That model was similar. Martin O'Neill got young, hungry players who had maybe been rejected somewhere else. Savage, not the greatest of player, but he worked in our team, had been kicked out by Manchester United. Neil Lennon had been kicked out by Manchester United and went to Crew, I think. Was um, he, is it, in the reserves at Chelsea? You know, these were players who were hungry and on the way up. This is what Brendan's doing. We're getting players who are on the way up who are hungry. Now, we still know that we've got gaps that we need to fill, and it's showing now, you know, that the players have got limitations and we, we need to do that. But the model is a good model for building longevity at the club. So I think we're on the right path. It's just we're going to get some disappointments. Good point you made there, actually. Very, very good point comparing it to the Martin O'Neill years, because if the fans had had their way, they'd have sacked Martin O'Neill. And who knows where we might be be now? And, I, you know, you, you've got to give, you know, that undercurrent sometimes, or oh, Brendan's not... And I, I come on and I moan. But, I mean, I come on and moan to get people to react and what have you. That That's that's our job on here. We're not going to come here and say, you know, Leicester have just been beaten 5-0. We're still a fantastic, you know, team and we played brilliantly. We are here to sort of criticise, if you like. But, you know, Brendan, there's no, there's no way, like we've just, you know, said, that Brendan should go. Now, we're just going to... I'm not sure nobody's put the name on this one. It's a bit of a... 
<laughs> a long one. We're, we're a project in the making. The owners brought Brendan in because he knows he's eager to prove his worth in this division. He will leave Leicester, but not for a few years. He wants to succeed here and genuinely believes in what Leicester are doing and could become the O'Neill of this time. Whoever you are, put your name at the end, but very good point made there. Very good point. And I said that. I said, I think the thing that, you know, when when clubs are sniffing round him, as allegedly according to sort of the some of the tabloid, you know, so-called bigger clubs are, he's not yeah, you know, in my mind it would be stupid to move on now because he would get tagged with that. Oh, you know, he he jumps ship at the first opportunity. You know, I think he wants to stop, I think he should stop here for at least four or five seasons to rebuild that reputation of him as a Premier League manager. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because, um, you know, if he stays here for four, five, six seasons and doesn't achieve what we all want, then he, he won't get the opportunities that we know he does want. Um, yeah. So in his mind, the same same as a player, you know, a player can sometimes stay too long. You know, it's not necessarily that they want to leave, but they know that at any point you can have a bad season and your stock drops. So you have to think, where am I in the stage of my career? Am I going to get another opportunity if I have a bad season next season? And I think we'll get to the same point with Brendan. He either is a success and he moves on the back of the success. But we he will have a, in his mind, how long do I give this before I walk away with my stock still high? And that's a danger mm. that we have to, to think of as well. Because as I say, he could stay for four or five years, not achieve it. No big club is then necessarily going to come and give him that opportunity um, because he, he's, he's been shown to not be able to win something. And I think there was talk earlier in, um, um, I think there was talk about um, Barcelona looking at, at Brendan and a couple of other managers as potentials. But I made the point on that one that at the minute, Brendan doesn't have any European pedigree. Um, and these big clubs want European pedigree as well, yeah. you know. It's probably one of the reasons, as you touched on before, that Pochettino got the PSG job because he managed to get a team to the Champions League final. He's shown that he can do that. Yeah, they fell short, but they've got European pedigree. So at some point, Brendan's got to think, can I achieve what I want to achieve here as well? We all hope he does. But you know, going back to the other point about looking at other managers, we have to be prepared because football's a, a very transient game. We know that. We we wouldn't have thought we sat we would sack Ranieri as, as quickly as we did, but uh, exactly. Brad, Brad, that was your comment there. And yes, I should I should have guessed at the length of it, Brad, that that was you. <laughs> you did say to me once that you you you, you type your uh, answers as, as long as you you talk your answers, but it it was a good point, Brad. It was a good point. Right, we're going to quickly because we've um, we, we, we've been going on a while now. But what we're going to do is we're going to have a quick, very very quick ten second break. Quick word from Alan Smith, and then we're going to have a look at what team Craig thinks will be put out tomorrow night. Right back after this. Hi, Alan Smith here. Be sure to watch and listen to Chris on Leicester Till I Die TV. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels. Up the foxes. Thanks a lot, Alan. Okay, so he's almost as good as you, Craig. Um, 
<laughs> now, I think Brendan might have been listening to you for the Arsenal game because he was, you know, it was very, very similar, if not quite almost spot on, but we lost it. So maybe... It, it was spot on. <laughs> Let's not beat around the bush. It was spot on. It was, well, I was trying to give you an out there because your team lost maybe i should be looking at other people for this slot just in case maybe i'll get my coat <laughs> yeah hey come on mate you you know you know your stuff you know your stuff but this is a team you've gone for a bit of a change of formation but only slightly only very very slightly um, talk us through it. Yeah, I mean, every week I go with the the four one four one, but in reality, it is a bit more of a four two three one because Tielemans does play deeper. I think um, I think I talked about him before Tielemans being like the quarterback um, for yeah. our team, and I think it showed perfectly for me when Brendan moved him forward in the Slavia Prague game. It, it didn't work at all you know no. we were we were lacking in terms of the creativity and picking the passes and moving up the pitch because Tielemans wasn't there and he wasn't getting the ball in that number 10 slot so for me he does sort of sit deeper so I've sort of almost just formalized that so looking at that back four Casper's a, a, a given um, nobody can uh, uh, sort of hold a light to Casper no one can kick the ball out of play like Casper um, um, so now there are a couple of changes there I, I, I don't think it's worth risking Johnny Evans I, I think if he's got a calf strain we haven't really heard anything about that in terms of he was supposed to have a scan nobody's come out and said anything but for me if he's having a scan and he's been feeling it for a few weeks it makes no sense when we're a bit light anyway to risk him uh, particularly in this game when it's going to be a physical game, there's every chance of him getting knocked about a bit. Um, so it was for only me, fifty percent the other the other day on the on the yeah. injury website, yeah. So and for me, Amati is a decent. He's not he's not great, but he's a decent centre half. He's a much better centre half than he is a fullback for me. So Definitely. I'm going to put him alongside um, Soyuncu as as the back two. I've switched I've switched the fullback. I'm, Pereira for me is a right back. Castani left, but I really don't like Pereira on the left. It doesn't look natural to me at all. You know, we saw against Liverpool, he got caught with the ball inside two or three times because it's not his natural side. Uh, and I know that Brendan had come up and said that um, when he played Pereira and Castagna both on the right-hand side, it was because Castagna runs um, very well without the ball, whereas Pereira runs with the ball. I think... On that right-hand side, if you put Castagna back on that right-hand side, and you're probably going to have to play under, as I've got him there, I think if, if Castagna's doing his running without the ball, under's not going to be covering for him. It, it leaves us open if that ball gets turned over that Castagna's out of position. Whereas if he's running with Albright, we know Albright's a little bit more defensively minded, so he would cover him. So I'm going to switch those. I would much rather see Pereira on the right. Castagna on the left. They they look more and, comfortable and, in those positions. And no Luke Thomas. No, I think the last couple of games, you know, he had a great game against Villa. I think mm. uh, it wasn't so great against Slavia Prague. And then 
he he had a bad time in that 45 minutes against uh, against Arsenal. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I think it just showed that he's got a little bit more experience to get. He didn't, I think his biggest problem was he didn't learn in that game. So he was getting caught out two or three times, but he still kept making the same mistakes. <coughs> Excuse me, trying to nibble that ball away from uh, from Pepe and uh, hence he got the book in um, and the free kick away. So I think he just needs to be taken out of the firing line. These games are coming thick and fast. I think he'd be much better suited to the Brighton game than the Burnley game, which is going to be pretty physical. Yeah, no Fuchs either, but <laughs> we'll we'll move we'll move on. But indeed, in no, I mean, I yeah, I toyed I toyed with going for the back three, but again, I think it just leaves us exposed in those wide areas, yeah. and, uh, and I don't like that. So yeah, indeed, the and Tielemans as the sort of enforcer and the quarterback, and then mm-hmm. three in behind. So I think under. I know a lot of people have been shouting for Under to have a chance and he's had a bit of a chance and he's not really shone. But what I would say about Under is when he loses the ball, he loses it trying to do something positive. You know, we, we, we get everybody saying that we're slow, everybody complaining that we play too many sideways and backwards passes. Usually if Under gives the ball away, it's because he's trying to play a forward pass or he's looking for a one-two. So I'd much rather us losing the ball playing that way, trying to do something positive. So I think he's worth the chance in this game. And I think he'll give Burnley something to think about. Um, and all Brighton on the left-hand side, obviously, with his work rate. Uh, I think Ian Acho deserves another chance as well. He didn't have the greatest of games, but he showed a little bit more of a threat, I would say, than Vardy, potentially. Um, yeah. So I, th- I think he deserves another effort. And I think... You know, if you've got that five, this is this is one of those teams where I say that you want to try and grind out a win. If we if we're solid in our half, as that team is pretty solid, then if we can sneak something out, those other four players at the top end, then I'd be more than happy with it. And obviously, with with, with Anacho in there, if all Brighton and under to a degree can get those crosses in, we know we know he's he's got a good header on him uh, in Anacho. Yeah, yeah, but that, I think I think with the with the players we've got, um, I, I don't think that's a you know a, a bad side at all. Like Brad said, you know, I think you got a good side there. Um, I, I, I'm, I, I, I was because because I, I had to pick a team for the for the for the Burnley side, and I I toyed with under coming in. I've got to be honest with you, and give him a few games. And it's a case of maybe having to because of the players we've got out. You can't keep dropping yeah. these players one game in, one game out, and, and hope that they're going to perform all the time. You know that may have been Gray's problem. Who knows? You know. Um, point here, just from Rob: No young guns, Lesbala, Tavares, etc. Think they may be given a chance. Again, I thought on the website that that was an option he was looking at. But I think they may they'll be on the bench without a doubt and possibly yeah. get minutes. Not I don't think they'll be starting. No, and again I think maybe Brighton they'd be um, more suited to Brighton when it's not as physical. You know the worst thing you want yeah. is one of these young players and they're, they're getting the run around from ex you know old pros who know their stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said uh, Tavares to me looks a real good prospect and I would like to see him get some time but uh, I think this isn't the right game to be blooding players no 
No, we're we're, in, we're supposed to be in contract talks with uh, Tavares, aren't we? Let's uh, let's hope we can heaven can find that angel for him, eh? Bum bum. Very right. good. Okay. Very good. <laughs> We've gone over the hour, so we're just going to have a quick uh, score prediction here. These, are, if you go on to LeicesterTillIDie.com, uh, the fact that I am leading the table over three X pros, I'd just like to throw that in every now and again. But I am at the moment on top of the table. Uh, Steve Walsh has gone one two. Um, Steve Linex, he's gone two nil to Burnley, but he's only got one right all season, so that doesn't worry me. I think he's doing reverse psychology. Big Marshy begins gone one nil, and I'm going a little bit nervous about this one. I said right at the start about taking a point at this point at this stage. I've gone one one. Craig, um, I'm I'm going to be I'm going to be positive. I'm going to take a leaf out of Under's book and just be wrong trying to be positive so um i'm gonna go for a one nil i'm gonna go with big marshy and uh, and go with a one nil i don't think it's going to be a high scoring game is it no. No. no no craig as always thank you so much your knowledge is invaluable and it makes the show so thank you very much for joining and uh thanks we'll, we'll thanks, be back everyone. We will see you back on Friday for the for the Brighton preview game. Yeah, indeed. We'll look forward to it can't on the back of a victory tonight. Uh, that would be nice. People can't get enough of us, you know. <laughs> we are we are hey we've got to think we might have a bit of a rest next week. We've only got one game. Hey. Great, thanks very much, mate. I'll see you Friday. Let's hope we're celebrating three points against the Clarets. Yeah. Cheers, Chris. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Big thank you there to Craig. Um, he, he he knows his stuff, which which I don't. So it's, uh, it's one of us has to, and it is definitely him, definitely not me. So thanks, Craig, for coming on as always. See you on Friday at seven. Um, Fifteen minutes, give us a chance, and you can listen to this again on the Apple, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, and Google podcasts. It's Leicester. Um, till I die and you can find us on any of those and of course we'll be on the YouTube channel as well and if you go onto the YouTube channel please please give us a, a a subscribe we are slowly going up we're not far off the 400 so if you can give us a click on there and get us to the 400 I would love you forever and um, also if you go onto the onto the website uh, oh, sorry, onto the YouTube at Leicester Till I Die TV you can see my performance on at Turfcast podcast when I was being interviewed by them ahead of tomorrow night's game <sighs> nervous a little bit I'm not going to lie <laughs> it's going to be a toughie it's going to be an interesting 10 days see what we can come out with at the other end it could define our season we will be back tomorrow at about 10 past five for the pre-match show and then we'll be back about 40 minutes after the final kick uh, final whistle so probably about uh, quarter to nine for the post-match show and we're back next tuesday we're doing a special football show with josh and hopefully we're going to be joined by x fox um richard smith for those of you of a certain age like me and craig <laughs> we'll remember him so hopefully richard's going to come on next tuesday but other than that i say i'll see you tomorrow 10 past five is up the foxes take care stay safe and i will see you tomorrow night bye bye hello now. matt elliott here be sure to watch Lester till i die tv on youtube 
and follow all their social media platforms for all the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Leicester Till I Die podcasts on the Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor and all podcast platforms. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.